That's an awesome truth that we have to hold on to. And we have to just not listen to the lies of the world, but we need to listen to the love of God and the truth of God. Well, this morning, I'd like to welcome you to Southfield, in case you weren't sure where you were. Um, Dennis is going to continue in his series. It's um, prayer on the pathway. We were on the sacred pathway, but now we've kind of branched off and we're just going to focus on prayer on the pathway because we all know that it's important to connect with God through prayer and to become more intimate with him and, and our creator. And you know, when you pray, it's awesome because we get our focus off of the things that may be going wrong in our life and we get God's perspective. And that's very, very helpful. And, um, we just, we need his eye view on certain things in our life. Don't we, the circumstances that we're going through, we need to, to look at them, um, through the eyes that he has and through his plan. And that's what prayer does for us. And that's what connecting with God does in our lives. Um, but we're going to worship God this morning with another song. And that's kind of what connecting with God does. It helps us to bless him no matter what we're facing. We realize that although there may be a couple things that are going wrong in our life, that there are a hundred other reasons to praise him and a hundred other things that are going right. So 
Father, we thank you for this day, God, and we bless your name and we praise your name this morning, no matter where we stand, no matter what, what things are going on in our lives today. Father, we know that we have a reason to praise you, and it's because you are our creator and you love us. And Lord, we praise you for this day and we thank you for, for speaking to us and for being here this morning, that you care so much about us, that you, you want good change for our lives. You want us to grow in you. And so I pray that we would be open to receive everything that you have for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It is good to see you today. As you're seated, I'd appreciate it if you take your folder out, the one you received on the way in. And on the inside, there's a card. We always appreciate you taking that card, putting at least your name on it, maybe some contact information if it's your first time with us. Uh, put as much on the card as you're comfortable putting on the card. And as you're leaving today, right outside the door, there's a table there with some books on by Andy Stanley. A little book called How Good Is Good Enough. And if it's your first time with us, we'd love for you to take one of those today uh, as a gift. Last week, you know that we asked you to, on the back side, to go ahead and uh, do a, a survey about a podcast. We, we don't have a survey for you today, but um, I thank you for the input that you gave us. It really gave us uh, better direction and guidance in terms with, of what we're doing with, with our podcast. Sent out an email uh, to all of you, a couple this past week, actually, and you can receive church emails by just checking off on the back of your card that you want to receive Southfield emails. Sent you an email about an update for uh, Tabitha. Tabitha is a girl that we've been uh, taking on as our own uh, compassion project. A girl who was a part of our church years ago. She's 21 now and doesn't have family. Uh, and she's alone, has a husband, but alone in having twins. Got twin babies coming. And the babies were at 30 weeks and decided, we want to see planet Earth. And so this past week, the babies were born. We got some pictures for you. This is Alicia. Alicia weighed 2 pounds, 15.3 ounces, and is 16 inches long. Or in other words, tiny. And even tinier is Alexis. 
She was two pounds, seven, three ounces and 14 and three quarters inches long. Both of them are doing fine. Um, one of the things that happened that, that ultimately prompted the doctors to do the C-section is that one of the girls was basically hogging all the amniotic fluid. I don't know how that works, but I see sibling rivalries already setting up, even in the womb. Isn't that amazing? So be praying for Tabitha and her husband and for the babies. Babies right now are located an hour and a half away from their home. And if you've had preemies, you know it, you know, it takes a while. You're there every day. So be praying for them during this uh, time of transition and growth. The doctors have said that for as little as they are, uh, they have some very healthy lungs. And they're making good use of them. So that's really, really great news. We've been involved in a series called Discovering Your Spiritual Pathway. And last week we took a, a shift, just a, a shift in the general topic of sacred pathways to talking about one specific activity that every one of us need to be involved in, no matter what pathway uh, may come naturally to us. And that's the activity of prayer. Time and time again, we've looked at this verse, come close to God and he will come close to you. How do we come close to God? Well, one of the primary tools is through extended times of personal prayer. This morning, as you look around the room, you'll see a lot of people that either have matching sweatshirts or shirts. They ran a red-eye uh, 8, 8K this morning, 8K. And, uh, you know, for a lot of those people that ran that race, it began, they began long ago in a state of complete inactivity. And they had to go from being inactive to being fit enough to be able to run and, from what I understand, this run this morning against some significant wind, wind and finish that race with endurance. And as we talked about running last week and going from a couch to a race, we said, wow, it would be great if we had that kind of same approach when it comes to prayer. Because for a lot of us, we talk about prayer. We like the idea of prayer. We think Christian people should pray, but if we were really honest, most of our prayer life comes down to saying a quick blessing before a meal and emergency prayers. A car is coming toward you and say, and you quite naturally say, God help. And that's a prayer. There's no question that's a prayer, but we need more than that. We need more. We need to be involved in extended times of personal prayer if we're going to draw close to God. So much like that 5K, we talked about what would it take for us to be able to go from no prayer at all or little prayer to extended times of personal prayer. And the first line said you need to start where you are. Every one of us, if we're going to start running, we need to do a physical assessment, whether it's go to the doctor and get approval. Yeah, you can start running or at least walk through and figure out what your activity is now and where you're going. The same is true with prayer. We need to look and say, where am I right now? And so we gave you a tool last week, a sheet front and back called assessing my prayer patterns. And with this, we encourage you to spend some time during the week asking yourselves questions about your prayer life. Some of them were pretty simple and straightforward, like when's the last time you prayed? How long do you pray? How often do you pray? How much do you think a Christian should pray? And then others got a little deeper. They talked about motivation, got down to your heart. When do you pray most? What is the thing that that prompts you to pray? I hope that if you were here last week, you took that and you took some time to personally do an inventory of where you are in prayer. 
Maybe you didn't get to do that or you weren't here last week. There are many copies of this sitting on the table out in the hallway. Take one today and spend some time this week assessing where you are. We said last week, we're we're not collecting these. These aren't to, to hand in to do some sort of a survey. It's really a personal tool for you to be able to figure out where you are in your own prayer life. At the same time, I will say that if you have perhaps a mentor a spiritual mentor, this could, this could be very helpful in use with them to provide you some spiritual direction. So it may be something that you want to share with someone else and say, this is where I am and this is where I need help. And, and it could be used as a tool in that way. As we broached this topic, we looked at the fact that when Jesus was on earth, he was completely God and completely human, 100% of each. And while he was on earth, Jesus prayed. And we're convinced he didn't pray because of his divine side. He prayed because of his human side. His human side needed prayer. All of us as humans need prayer. The truth is we pray because humans need to connect with God. We need it. We need to be connected with God. Uh, we, we're made for it. And in the truest spiritual sense, we cannot survive without a connection with God. He's planted eternity in our hearts. And we connect with him through prayer. Sadly, for a lot of us, our prayer has morphed. It's morphed from connection to collection. For us, it's no longer about connecting with God. It's about, God, what can you give me? And so we find ourselves tending to pray for our wants and our needs rather than praying just to be in the presence of God and to get to know him and to connect with him as we should as spiritual beings. We took the time to to see the great spiritual truth taught by Doug Heffernan that this prayer does not equal this. God is not a magic genie. He's not there to just give us our wishes and come through on things. And yet, that's the way a lot of us treat God. The main time, and perhaps even the only time we pray, is when we want something. And what that creates is a very one-dimensional kind of prayer. You've heard the line, there are two, two sides to every story. Well, the fact is, more often than not, there are two sides to every spiritual truth. And when you're trying to cover something in a half hour on a Sunday morning, we will tend to talk about one side because that's what we're emphasizing that day and miss the other side. Please understand, I know the Bible teaches that we should bring our requests to God. I know that. There's no question that there are verses that say we should talk to God about our needs and about our desires. What I'm saying is that for most of us, that comes naturally. We don't need to be taught that. When those little girls were born this past week, the doctor didn't have to lean over and say, I need to give you instruction on how to cry. Babies just, boom, it it happens. They howl. None of my kids were given direction on how to cry. But we did need to give them direction on how to talk. All of us cry to God. All of us naturally ask for things. What we don't do as naturally is talk to God. What we don't do as naturally is just spend time connecting with him. We need a better model. We need a model that doesn't treat God like a magic genie. One that that opts to get to know God, not just to get stuff, not just to, to treat him like a wish list. One that zeroes in on really connecting with him, which is fundamentally the purpose of prayer. This kind of prayer 
is a prayer that focuses on connecting with God rather than simply reciting a list. For many of us, I think that our prayer life became, becomes shallow and it becomes unsatisfying because we get bored just giving lists to God. Imagine any human relationship where you did the same thing, where you walked up to your spouse or your friend and you pulled out the list and you read them the list and then you stopped and walked away. It just There would be no development. There would be no growth in that relationship. We need one that has a prime focus on connecting with God, not just collecting from God. We need a prayer that ruminates, meditates, and reflects. I love the word and the concept of rumination. It's based on the animals like the cow and sheep who are able to take food into their mouth, chew it, send it down into their stomach, and a little later say, hmm, That sounded good. And they bring it back up again and they chew on it some more. They chew on that cud and they take it back down and then do what do they do? They bring it up again and they chew on it some more. And some of you, I I love that squishy face you make as we're, as we're talking about this. That's what prayer is like. It's a ruminating prayer. It's a meditating prayer. Not one that just shoots through the list, but one that spends time thinking about who God is, thinking about the character of God thinking about the things he's done in your life, reflecting rather than just running through a list of requests. It's a prayer that appreciates stillness and silence and allows for space to breathe and for God to move. I don't know, for some of us, our prayers don't have a speck of space where God could talk, a speck of space where we could actually allow him to guide our thoughts and guide our hearts. We're just boom, 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 boom. I'm done, thank you, God, and walk away. It needs to be some prayer that appreciates stillness. And finally, a prayer that both speaks and listens. It's not just a one-way conversation, but it's allowing God to guide my mind, guide my heart, and guide my thoughts. It's It's contemplative. It follows verses like the ones in the Bible that say, be still and know that I am God. We think, read the Bible and know that I am God. And we should. What does the psalmist say? Be still. And in the stillness, get to know me. That verse is found a number of times in Scripture. One time is in Psalm 37. Verse 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Boy, we don't like that concept, do we? We don't want to just wait for God to do his work. We, we want immediate answers. We want it done now. He says, don't fret about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. This verse comes in a, in a greater context in Psalm 37. If you haven't done it before, I'd encourage you to read at least the first 11 verses of Psalm 37. It's an incredible passage of Scripture. Just before this, this is what the psalmist says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Notice it doesn't say, make requests of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of the heart. He says, delight in the Lord, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust in him, and he will help you. Look at those words, those key words. Trust God. Delight in God. Commit to God. Again, when he's talking about communicating with God, connecting with God, none of it here focuses on just reciting 
a list. It's about a deep trust. It's about delighting. Now, I don't know about you. I typically don't delight. That's not my thing, okay? But, but, I, but I, I can appreciate the idea that, that I can get excited about God, that I can enjoy God. I can enjoy what he does in my life. Commit to God. Just give your complete commitment to him. That verse 4, it's important to see this as well. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Some of you are going, oh, I finally now have the magic answer. If I just delight in God, boom, he'll give me everything I want. You know, there's another way to read that verse, and I think it's probably more proper. He's saying delight in the Lord, and it's not that he will give you everything you want. Delight in the Lord, and he's going to change your desires. He's, a, he's going to actually get you to start wanting the things that he wants. So it's not so much that he's going to give you the desires of your heart. You have a desire, now you get what you want. But he's saying, I'm going to take your heart and plant the right desires in it. I'm going to get you to actually want the things that you should want. He'll change our wants. He'll change our desires when we take the time to delight, to actually delight in the Lord. So as I was thinking through this model of prayer, I've been trying to think of a name for it. And I still haven't landed on a single good one. Maybe you'll come up with something and, and it'll really help. Thought about different names, you know, something like contemplative prayer, for example. It's a great term. And yet, if you go on the Internet, the concept of contemplative prayer is already out there. And there's some aspects of contemplative prayer that, that don't exactly track with what we're talking about. Or maybe a word like centering prayer. But for some, that would have kind of an Eastern mysticism side to it that they'd say, oh, I don't want nothing to do with that. Maybe just conversational prayer. But, but that seems to imply kind of a freewheeling prayer. And to be honest, there are times that my prayer is not freewheeling. There are times that I take someone else's prayer and I see what they've said and I pray that back to God and personalize it. Or relational prayer, well, certainly that, that gets closer to it. Our prayer should be a relationship. Here are three words I've landed on. You can pick whichever one you want. Transformative prayer life-changing prayer or waiting prayer. You could go with any of them, really. The idea is that it's a kind of prayer that doesn't just look to get things from God. It's a kind of prayer that says, I exist as a Christ follower to become more like Jesus. And so I look forward to Jesus transforming me through prayer. I look forward to looking more like Jesus because I've spent time in prayer Growing up in my house, my mom had these two little plaques. I think they're the first things she ever bought at a Christian bookstore. Little plaque, it was an oval. It was plastic, it had a yellow rim around it, and then a white background that was kind of pebbled. And, and short words on them. One said, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. And the other one said this, I can still see it in my imagination. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. It's a great statement. And you know what? It's a great spiritual truth. God wants us to pray. He uses our prayers to bring about change in the world. But you know what the implication of prayer changes things is? That we should pray to change things. That, our, that we should bring a list to God to get things to be the way we think they should be. In transformative prayer, in life-changing prayer, in waiting prayer, it looks more like this. Prayer changes me. Are you willing to do a kind of praying that isn't looking to change the world, but is looking to change you, is looking to change me? You see, a lot of times I think we, we try to, hmm, we're kind of Harry Potter with our prayers. 
You know, we, we think we've got a little spiritual magic wand and we can, we can make this person, boom, be better and boom, this situation different and boom, and we can fix things through our prayers. Well, your God is saying, I'm looking to fix you. Stop pointing your wand at everybody. I'm, I'm looking to fix you. I'm looking to change you. Prayer changes me. Transformation is inevitable. We say change happens. I mean, if you haven't realized that by now, you know, my goodness, uh, I, I don't know what planet you're living on. Things change all the time. So transformation happens both bad and good. Uh, transformation generally happens when we do a repeated action or a repeated inaction. When we do something over and over and over again, we start to see transformation take place. When it comes to working out, if you, you know, Sean T up and start doing insanity or you start doing some ab workout, things are going to happen in your body that you're going to say, hey, I like that. That's good. That, that's really working. If you're into running or cardio, at the very least what you'll find is if you do that consistently, eventually you will run up the stairs, you'll get to the top of the stairs, and you won't have to take a break. And it's kind of cool when that happens, when you go, oh my goodness, my my breathing is getting better. If you change your food intake, it's amazing how your shape, the shape of your body changes and the way your body feels better. When you're doing something consistently, repeatedly, transformation takes place. The bad side is true as well. Uh, I think one of the things we're seeing is nonstop digital input changes people and not always for the better. When you've always got your eyes on the, on the big screen TV or the medium screen monitor or the little screen phone, and that's where your eyes are all the time. It's amazing how after a while you forget that humans exist. You forget that, that, that when you have a conversation, you should actually use these things to look in their eyes. And we find ourselves very comfortable sitting next to the other person, talking to them this way instead of letting words come out of our mouths. We can be transformed by just nonstop digital input. Or, I mean, let's face it, if you decided today, from this day forward for the rest of my life, every day I'm going to get blindly drunk. I mean, I am just going to get so plastered that I don't even know which ends up. Got news for you. Give a few years of that, some changes are going to start taking place in your life and your body. Uh, Your liver is going to get very unhappy. You might find yourself without a job. Some things start to change. Repeated actions, both positive and negative, eventually lead to a transformation. Sometimes for the better, sometimes it's not good at all. These repeated actions take place on a natural level. And I'd say to you today that even prayer on a natural level changes people. I think even a non-believer could pray and find benefit in prayer, natural benefit in prayer from repeated action. At the very least, just experiencing some peaceful time in their life leads to some peace. But let me say, we're not just looking at the natural side of prayer. Prayer doesn't just change you on a natural level. Much more importantly, it changes you on a supernatural level. When you decide to really connect with God, it fundamentally changes everything about you. You know, I'll say a statement every once in a while. My favorite verse in the Bible. Well, it turns out I have about 80. My favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 12.2. I mean, this one, this says it all. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what Paul was saying? Our culture 
is like a river. And it's just floating along. And, you know, there's this stream. And it's going in a certain direction. And we're all like fishies. And some of the fishies are like carp. And those carp have died. And those carp are laying in the water. I've not yet seen a dead carp fight a current in my life. They lay there and they just... Whatever the river is doing, they go along with it. They just go along. But then there are these salmon... These salmon that need to fight upstream to get home so that they can have a whole new generation of salmon. And they don't put up with... They fight the current. They'll fight. They'll jump out. They keep going and they keep fighting along the way. Paul's saying too many people in the world conform to the pattern of this world. They're a dead carp floating down the stream. They don't even think about it. They just go along with what's going on. And he says, no, you've got to be transformed. You've got to swim upstream by the renewing of your mind. And that's what this kind of prayer does. It doesn't just get my request list through to God. It changes the way I think. And when I change the way I think, I am fundamentally changed. I'm a different person. I am more like Jesus when I start thinking the way Jesus thinks. So what I'd like to do is talk for a few minutes about this kind of transformative prayer. And this week and next week, I'm going to lay out this model. And I'd like you to try it. I don't know if you pray at all. If you don't, great. You've got a fantastic starting point. If you've already got a great pattern of prayer going, maybe we don't want to mess with it. Maybe it's working for you. But I would encourage you in this. If all you ever do in prayer is ask God for stuff, try this. I was talking to somebody earlier today. She said, you know, I decided the other day after what you said last week, when I prayed this week, I wasn't going to ask God for anything. And about two and a half seconds in, I couldn't help it. I just like, I had to ask God even for the power to be able to not ask him for things. Uh, It comes so naturally to us to want to ask. So hopefully I can give you some tracks to run on that'll help you to get beyond just a requesting mode of prayer. There are three forms of this, or three elements of this kind of, of transform, transformative prayer. We'll look at the first one this week and the other two next week. The first is to simply connect with God, to come into his presence and to connect with him. The second is to come clean, and that involves confession, two kinds of confession that we'll talk about next week. And then clear focus, which basically says, okay, God, my life is your agenda. Show me what you want. I'm ready to do what you want. Just give me clear focus on my day. I've been practicing this now for months, and I gotta tell you, it's been it's been amazing to see the way God is transforming aspects of my life. The way I'm able to go through storms with peace. I mean it's just it's amazing to watch the way when you really allow your mind to be saturated with thinking on God instead of just asking God for stuff, how your mind and your life can really be changed. So let's just zero in on the connecting right now. If you're going to connect with God, what does that look like? Well, when we're connecting with God, there are a few things we're going to do. This is the beginning time of your prayer. It could take a few minutes. You could let it go up to a half hour. It's up to you. This is the beginning time of your prayer. What we're going to do is remember, we're going to be reminding ourselves that we're talking to God. I don't know about you. Sometimes I just need to say, God, I'm here to talk. I need to remind myself that I'm in the presence of the God of the universe. I just entered into the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This isn't just, I'm not just talking to air. I'm not just speaking to bricks. The one who created the universe is now listening to my words. 
And I want to be very conscious of that, reminding ourselves that we're talking to God, remembering who he is, just reflecting on that. Who are you, God? Thinking about him, uh, reflecting on his character. This is huge to think about who he is because, see, we tend, we tend to, our tendency is to say God is, and the is is based on our experiences. Instead of God is, and it's based on the truth of Scripture. So what we're going to do is use the truth of Scripture to try to understand who God is. We're recounting his goodness, giving him thanks. And, and we are reorienting our thinking. And this is huge. This is why the prayer becomes transformational. When we're just asking God for stuff, very often that just becomes frustrating. Why? Because we didn't get what we wanted. But when instead we are focusing on who God is, it starts to change the way we think and change who we are. Let me give you an example from the Bible. David did a great job of a prayer like this in Psalm 63. He says, oh God, you are my God. There it is right there. He's reminding himself that he's talking to God. Oh God, you are my God. Then he says, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in a parched and weary land where there is no water. Have you ever found yourself coming into the presence of God and saying, if I don't have you, I'm going to die. That's how much I need you. I would die if I didn't connect with you, God. He goes on to say, I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. This is remembering who he is. He says, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I praise you with songs of joy. He says, I lay awake at night thinking about you. Most of us lay awake at night thinking about how lousy our life is and all the problems that we have. And David has developed this discipline in his life. He thinks about God so much that when he's laying in bed, God's on his mind, meditating on you throughout the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hands holds me securely. Now I got to tell you, David's life was rough right now. He was being chased. It was not an easy time. And yet he's able to focus on the truth that God is protecting me. Despite my circumstances, God is protecting me. Most of us base what we believe to be truth in our life on the circumstances around us, on our experiences. And David's saying, no, the truth is what's found in the Bible. And I need to allow my mind to be transformed by the truth the truth of what I read all the way around. David took these elements in that very short psalm and made them his own. Now I'm going to get really practical. How, how can we connect well? What would it look like? And I'm, just, I'm going to give you some tracks to run on. I'm going to give you something that I want you to try. It's something I do it myself. Um, I call it praying in sevens, okay? Uh, no great term here. It's just, it's a concept that is, that it's helped me out a lot. And this is what I do when I, when I first begin to pray. This is how I'm going about connecting with God, just making sure that I'm in his presence, conscious of being in his presence. I'm remembering him and thinking about him. It starts with just a simple prompt, a word or two that, that sparks a thought and I'll pray seven things based on that particular word or thought. Uh, it kind of creates a natural fill-in-the-blank. So let me, let me show you what they are. 
I actually keep these on my phone so that I'm able to look at them quickly. Things like I'll just I'll start with you are. And there and then I'll come across seven different things that are true about God. Or I love and I'll just fill in the blank. What are the things that I love about God? Uh, I know seven things I know about God. This is true. I'll come back to that one in a minute. I'm amazed that. I mean, when's the last time you just said, God, I am amazed that and filled in that blank and filled it in seven times. I'm overwhelmed. Now, this isn't time to gripe about your life. This is I'm overwhelmed with you, God. What about God overwhelms you? Now, what about your life overwhelms you? Whenever I pray this one, I think of Peter getting out of the boat. The second he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the waves and saw the waves is bigger than Jesus, he sank. So I want to be more overwhelmed by Jesus than I want to be by the waves. You are my only hope, and I fill in situations. God, in this situation in my life, you are my only hope. Nothing else will help me. Sometimes I just start with the question, why? Now, this isn't kind of a you know, philosophical, why do we exist or something like that. But why questions that come to my mind that help me to think about the character of God. Told you my pathway is naturalist, nature. So a lot of my praying happens while I'm walking. And I'll be walking along and I'll see something in nature and I just find myself saying, God, I don't get it. Why did you make that that way? Why did you make it at all? Why didn't you just make one bird? Do we really need all of these? And it starts getting me to think about variety and, you know, the creativity of God. I need you or thank you. Maybe just thinking of seven different verses, verses that you've stored in your mind and heart or fragments of them that you can bring to your mind. How about you promised? This is always a great one. Just God, you promised and you fill in the blank on that or praying God's names or how about song lines? I mean, on Sunday mornings, we sing some beautiful music. Uh, One of the lines I had Dana write some down. How about this one? If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. To just pray that to God. Lord, if your grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And then to think about the overwhelming nature of the grace of God. Using these lines and praying through them really helps me. Now, I said I wanted to come back to this is true. I do this is true every day. Uh, it's, it's the third, it's the third, I do four sets of these. It's the third set of them. And I do it every day because my head, and I assume yours does the same thing, thinks stuff. Does your head think stuff? And if we put little probes on your head today, I would hope we get something instead of, oh, shiny thing, bing. You know, it's think stuff. And you know what's sad for a lot of us? The stuff our head thinks naturally isn't positive, especially about ourselves. The stuff our head thinks about ourselves is usually kind of junky. And so one of the things that I pray every day, I go through this list of, this is true, seven things that are true, not seven things that are true according to my experience or things that have happened to me, seven things that are true according to the Bible. And here's why I always start. For me, I need this one. You may not. I start with, this is true. It is true that you love me. And I need to hear those words out loud. Because you know what? I don't know where you are, but based on my background and stuff, it's easy for me to think God tolerates me. You know, I'm part of the, I'm part of the six billion, seven billion, that worked out. But I need to hear it out loud. God loves me. And I started that way. This is, this is true. It's true that you love me. I'll go on to pray. You know, despite my circumstances, despite what I'm going through right now, despite any experience I've ever had, I know that you love me. And then I wrap it up again with just saying the words, this is true. 
And then I go on to a next one and the next one. Do you see how this is transformative? Because you're starting to fill your mind with the truth about God and the truth about your life instead of the junk that you keep telling yourself over and over and over again. It changes your head talk. And God uses this supernaturally to literally transform, to change the way you think, just like Romans 7 says. Now, I said I call it praying in sevens. Why sevens? What's the deal there? Well, you know, there's no magic number here. It's not like it's the the number of God, and so that's why I do it. I stumbled on it. I've told some of you I I use beads to pray, small circle of beads, no magic behind them, please. I, you know, I didn't go bless, get these blessed somewhere or something like that. It's just, I, I, I tend to kind of have a running mind. My mind's like a little gerbil all over the place. And if I have a way of counting through, this helps me keep on track. And so when I started doing this, the big bead for me, I'd go, you know, for example, you are. And I'd start with the first one. Now, inevitably, whenever we sing, you are good, Monday, I'm like, you are good. And then I'm praying through what God's goodness is. And, and I'll go through seven of those. And this helps me a lot because part of what I try to do in this is provide some space, some quiet. And sometimes all of a sudden I'll, I'll see a shiny thing. I'm like, well, where am I? What? Oh, yeah, I'm praying. And I go back and look. And yeah, now I remember which topic I'm on and where I am and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I really stumbled on it. And here's why I do seven. Seven pushes me to think beyond the surface. If I think of three reasons why God loves me, that's easy. Four is a little tougher. Five, six, and seven, I've really got to search. I've really got to think about it. So I'm glad that this seventh thing worked for me because here I am now. It's usually in five, six, and seven that I'm really starting to make some spiritual discoveries that don't come when I just go, God, I love you. God, you're nice. God, things are great. I, you know, but, but I really start to push a little bit deeper. So um, here's what you need to do. If you're like me and shiny things distract you, you need seven something. Now I'm thinking, okay, so do you have a set of beads back there today? And for $29.95, we can all have our own? Um, no, it, I, I can give you the web address if you want to use these. Honestly, for some of you, because of your religious background, beads would throw you off. You would not be happy using these at all. So that's cool. But uh, let me give you some other things you could use. Does everybody have a hand today? At least one. Pull it out. Hold it up. This is very cool. It's got these, uh, no, some of you being rebels. Come on, get your hand out. So you got a thumb, put your thumb and your pointer together, one, middle, two, ringy, three, pinky, four, ringy again, five, pink, uh, middle, six, pointer, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You take your hand everywhere you go. Works out well, doesn't it? So you don't need beads or anything. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, my problem is my hand gets a little crampy. and so, uh, Anyway, issues. Who cares? Some other things you could use. Um, knots in a rope. Just knot a rope and go through and count, uh, count out those. Or, or uh, some of you love Hobby Lobby. They got beads coming out of their ears. You can make your own beads. Coins. Have seven coins and you transfer them from one hand to the other. Or, or pebbles, transferring them from one to the other. The bottom line is it helps keep you on track. Please, I'm not suggesting that there's some spiritual magic in the beads or the rocks or the fingers, okay? That's not it. It's because our minds just go all over the place. And so to stay focused really, really helps. 
How do we do this? Well, limit requesting. Really try while you're doing this to not say, even God, I need your help to pray. Make it all just objective statements you're making about God. So try to keep it there. Focus on connecting. The third one is huge. Keep on task. What do I mean by that? I, I, I have days like you have. I have days where um, I'm glad my house isn't taller than it is because I might jump. We all have those days, right? We all have those days that life is going really bad and heaven looks really good. And when you have those days, our tendency in prayer is to rush into the throne room of God and say, God, I have a mess on my hands and it's time for you to fix things. And we just start going through all the junk in our life. I have forced myself on days that I feel like that to go through this first. Now, here's the part that's blown me away. There have been times I consciously walk in. I'm like, God, I'm here to pray today. Honestly, I want to get straight to business, but I'll connect with you first. I know, I'm being kind of a rebel. It's mean. And and by the time I spend the time going through this, I get to the other side and go, I'm okay. It's good. It's good. It's amazing how when we will focus on God instead of our problems, our problems don't seem as huge as our God. It really helps to transform you. So stay on task. I promise you, it will. It will transform you. Now, Here's the part I'm going to provide some frustration for some of you. Uh, Brian and the crew are going to hand out some cards right now. And on the cards are actually the lists of the sevens. So some of you did some mad scribbling. And I've got a card for you that has them listed. Yeah, I'm sorry, Don. That's okay. I'll I'll give you my fingers too and you can use those during the week. Um, Go ahead and do this. And here's the way I'd like to see you do it if you'll try it. Try to do at least four of these every day. At least four. Don't just do one set of seven. Try to do four. That'll give you enough time to really reflect in the presence of God. Now think about this. If you spend 30 seconds on each seven, there are 28 sevens, you will have prayed for 14 minutes. For some of you, that's 13 and a half minutes more than you've ever prayed in your life. That's kind of cool. You've jumped up pretty quickly. So if you spend a minute, I'm not going to keep going on this, but you'd be praying close to a half hour if you spent a minute on every one of these sevens, if you just pray through four of them. But spend time in the presence of God, just connecting with him. I wrote on there, the third one down, this is true, it's got some stars by it, and at the bottom it says, do this one every day. I'd like everyone that's going to try this to to please do this is true. And it literally starts with every, every bead coin, whatever you're using, I start by saying, this is true. I state the truth and I wrap it, put the parentheses on the other side by saying, this is true. Watch the way repeating the truth transforms your mind and heart. When you're allowing your mind to be fed truth, God will use it to change your heart, your mind, and your life. So uh, I encourage you to jump in. Just focus on the connecting this week. Next week, we'll move toward the confessing and the coming clean. Uh, the com- I'm sorry, the coming, the coming clean and the clear focus. But for this week, just spend time connecting with God. Let's talk to him right now. Father, prayer is an incredible privilege. Uh, we do not take it for granted, and we, we certainly do not take it lightly. Even as I start to 
pray these words. This is just not the nice transition from the sermon to the songs to get the people on the stage. We walk into your throne room. Right now, we are, we are in the presence of the living God. And you hear every word we're saying. And you want to change us and make us like Jesus. And I pray for all of us this week as we undertake the task of, of spending time thinking through the truth of you, connecting with you through simple statements. Lord God, I pray that we would see our, our hearts calming down as our God gets bigger than our problems that we would find our minds more focused as they're truly stayed on you and not just focusing on the junk in the world. We want to be connected with you. We long for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to participate with us in communion right now. Our servers will come. There are two cups together. Bread is on the bottom and juice is on the top. And uh, as you do, I, I just... I'd encourage you, we're going to be singing Amazing Grace. Sing along with the words. Allow them to wash over your soul as you realize God has completely forgiven you of all your sins. Everything you've ever done is washed away as long as you've trusted in Christ as your forgiver and your leader.
The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to Father, we thank you for um, claiming us as your own. And God, we claim you as our own. You are our one and only God. You are our deliverer and our savior, our creator, Jesus, and we love you. And God, we worship you this morning. We thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. We thank you for that amazing grace that led you to do something that was extremely difficult. And we just, we thank you for saving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? We're going to sing some truth to finish out our songs for this morning. God is awesome and he's mighty in strength. Great are you, Lord, mighty in strength. Yeah. 
Why don't you have a seat? Our servers are coming to collect the offering. And while they do, a uh, couple of reminders for you. On the front of your folder, there are a few announcements. Make sure you go and read through them. One of them pertains to the ladies' retreat at the end of the week. A, a great number of our ladies are going to be going uh, all the way over to Bolingbroke in order to spend an evening together and the following day uh, to learn more about relationships. And I, and I got to tell you, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about the preparations for this. I've seen a lot of people doing a, a lot of work and there's a lot, been a lot of prayer preparation. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I'm anticipating, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what God is going to do as you all get together and spend that time, not only just being together, but, but hearing the truth of God's word and seeing the way that's going to transform your relationship. So, so know this, there will be those of us back here who weren't invited because we're males, um, who will be spending time praying for you and praying for the weekend that you're going to have and trusting God that he's going to do great, great things as you gather together. So, One thing as we leave, and that is just, you know, sometimes when we present a topic like this, to me, this has been perfectly clear. And some of you may be saying, yeah, clear as mud. You're you're saying, I would like to try this, but honestly, I just didn't understand a word you said today. Uh, I'd love to be able to talk to you, whether you want to email me, call me, whatever. But we want to see you grow in praying. Because if you grow in praying, you're going to grow like Jesus. And if you're growing like Jesus... Well, that's why we're here. That's what it's all about. So if there's any way we can help you uh, to work through this process of growing in your prayer life, please don't just sit back. The last thing I want to do is find out we all get to heaven. You go, yeah, I never learned to pray. My pastor didn't show me how. I didn't have a clue. We want to see you grow in this. All right? Stand up. Say hi to someone. And leave. See you later. <laughs>